Chapter Two of The Heron Nest by W. Burt Foster. The Slipperbox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Two Rack and Ruin Villa. But the sun did not appear the next morning, at least, not to the young herons. A thick fog wrapped the city in its chill, dank mantle. Billy stubbed away with his cane across town to the little real estate office on the thinly populated plat. There seemed some promise of spring in the unseasonable air, despite the brown patches of snow left in the fence corners and the hub-deep mud in the streets. The branches of the trees were bare and dripping, but Billy saw the coming leaf in each budded twig. The open ground about the little office was almost like the real country, and Billy had always loved the country. The heron's own dear home had been upon the border of the town and had included a large plot of ground on which the children had been allowed to exercise their bent for the cultivation of both flowers and vegetables. And Billy, after his big double runner had gone wrong at the bottom of Shutter's Hill one winter's day, now six years back, and the doctors had patched him up but told him that he would probably always drag that left leg as the convict does his ball and chain. Billy had spent a great deal of his spare time out of doors and experimenting in the garden. Had the young herons not been obliged to accept the first work that offered after the crash came, they would have tried their fortune in some agricultural community. They had often talked of it. Jack had a niche for farming. Pearl Mary read everything she could get hold of about poultry keeping, including some very entertaining fiction put out by the manufacturers of and dealers in poultry supplies and billy himself longed for the out-of-door life to which he had been used the whole family was stifling in the city tenement mr heron could have much more freedom and would be better off in every way in the country too there was no doubt on that point and these things billy had secretly pondered time and time again and to what end? Capital was needed if they sought to support themselves on some village farm, and there was never twenty-five dollars between the herons and absolute want. But his troubled thought clung tenaciously on this morning to the dream of getting away from the city and its deadening environment. He did not see how it could be brought about, yet the circumstances of the family spelled change. He breathed in the damp, soft air through the open window of the office and lost himself in vague castle-building, an amusement not a little foreign to his real nature. His was too active a mind to be contented with dreams. But today he saw the Heron family transplanted from the dark tenement to a pleasant little house, somewhere in the open world, with some trees, perhaps, and a garden at the door, and a barn with a horse and cow, and a chicken run for Pearl Mary, and a dairy for Granny, and flowers for Aunt Nanny. While, as for himself and Jack, well, Jack was big enough and strong enough to do a man's work in the open, as he did in the shop, and Billy knew that if there was a chance for a boy with a game leg anywhere, it was in a garden. A family can't starve, at least, if the members are energetic and cultivate a piece of ground of respectable size, thought Billy. With poultry and a pig, one can defy the butcher's bill. How often can we afford green vegetables now? We get most of ours by the aid of a can opener. 
if one is really poor too the subject of how to dress need not be such a bogey in the country as it is in the city and leather does not wear out so quickly on country roads as on city pavements it is our only chance our only chance and yet i declare i do not see an opening wedge of clear sky in the prospect i shall have my afternoons to myself but should i not spend them looking for another and better paying job rather than dragging a game leg about the country looking for a place we could get to work in a house we could live in and jack will feel the same too when his pay ends on saturday night he ought really to prospect in the machine shops for a job not in the rural districts it's a puzzle a puzzle ah here is mr mendon the real estate man had driven over behind his fast pacer and he leaned from his seat to shout a greeting to the young fellow it's near one o'clock billy he said better call it a day hop in with me and i'll take you home only not directly i've got to go around by medway and have a look at that darnell property it's likely to be an elephant on my hands with sales as slow as they are now the house and stables burned down and that disgusted darnell with country life so i got it cheap enough but nothing is cheap billy if you can't realize on it within a reasonable time he said this while billy was locking the door and climbing into the runabout medway was a ten-mile drive and the darnell place darnell villa it had been christened by its late owner had lain idle for two years but billy heron's mind was not set upon this piece of property as they drove through the country roads he had accepted mr mendon's offer of a drive because it seemed to fall providentially in line with his recent secret discussion he had his eyes open for small places to let so-called abandoned farms which might appear on their line of travel mr mendon seldom carried country property of any character on his lists there were such places but darnell villa was little more promising at first sight than these a prospective buyer driving past the neglected gateway and lawn with only the foundation walls of the burned buildings and the rubbish heaps in view would scarcely have been attracted this was the thought in mr mendon's mind that had brought him out here so eagerly in the season nice mess eh grumbled the real estate man until it's cleaned up i wouldn't want to show it to a customer and whoever will i get around here to do the work within a week after the buildings were destroyed every flowering shrub and every small valuable tree that decorated this lawn and there were a goodly number of them were taken up at night and carried away when the fruit was ripe in the orchard yonder the trees were skinned clean you can see that there is nothing left of the building's materials but planks and timbers that are half burned all the good lumber was removed soon after the fire by the same marauders i suppose it is a shame that a few people in a community should be allowed to give a bad name to the entire population said billy the real estate man said well whoever it was they took away almost everything of value but the cellars and i wonder they didn't take that tool house yonder billy had already had his eye on this it seemed to be in very good condition there were stout plank shutters at the windows 
The door was intact, and there was a fine cemented cellar beneath it. The building stood on the edge of a steep little terrace, and the cellar was open to the rear, having been used as a cart shed by its former owner. There were other things that began to attract Billy's attention, too. The henhouses had been burned to the ground, but the wire runs were still standing, the marauders evidently having considered the poultry netting not worth the carrying away. The stable cellar was piled with refuse, but the young fellow saw that a good deal of the half-burned lumber was usable, although weather-beaten. The whole place, however, was undeniably an eyesore. If it is cleaned up, the driveways and paths kept in shape, the grass cut occasionally through the season, and chains put up at the gateway, it wouldn't look so bad, ruminated Mr. Linden. The masonry of the house and stable should be covered by boards to turn the rain, said Billy. Whoever buys the place might be exactly suited with the ground plans, at least, of Mr. Darnell's house. The foundations are in good shape yet. That's right, Billy. It would give an entirely different air to the place. But who's to do it, and who will watch it after the work is done? And cut the grass, and keep the weeds out of the paths during the summer, added Billy, with some sameness in his look. He had become flushed, and his eyes sparkled, but his companion did not notice his excitement. As far as that goes, Mr. Menden said, there should be somebody on the place all the year around. Just as the orchard was picked clean last fall, so I believe there has been timber cut up in my woods. I hate to spend money on a place that may not sell for years, and yet, if I don't take better care of it, I'll probably never sell it. Billy's voice was shaking a little when he spoke again. I say, Mr. Menden, don't look today for anybody to do this work for you and care for the place. Leave it to me for a few days. I shall have plenty of time now to look about, and I believe I can find a satisfactory party for you. You can, Billy? I believe so, said the boy soberly. Anyway, let it go until Monday, will you, please? Sure, I'd be glad to take anybody that you can thoroughly recommend, Billy, declared his employer, who had a good deal of respect for the crippled boy's judgment and a thorough belief in his honesty. They rode back to the city, almost in silence, for Billy's mind was fully set upon a project that had sprung to life, full-grown, in a moment of time. It was so tremendous a scheme that he scarcely dared broach it to Jack and Pearl Mary. In fact, he could not bring himself to explain the thought at once, but that evening he arranged that, after morning service on Sunday, they should take the electric car to Medway, and from there walk out and view the old Darnell place. Of course, he had to satisfy the curiosity of the others in a way, or he would have been torn to pieces. So he explained that Mr. Munden was looking for somebody to clean up the place, and if nothing better appeared, Jack, with his help, might do it. I don't see why I should be obliged to go out there, then, and it will cost an extra twenty cents, objected Pearl Mary. It makes me hungry to see the country, even at this time of the year. Come on, sis, be a sport, advised Billy, jokingly. We couldn't very well get along without you, could we, Jackie? I should say not, returned the big fellow, heartily and with a meaning that only Billy understood. So they made the trip, 
on their only free day, the Sabbath. Billy had obtained the key of the tool house from Mr. Munden, and when he had briefly explained to Jack what needed to be done, he opened the tight little building, and they went in. Darnell had been a wealthy man, and everything about the villa was substantially built. This house was not plastered, but it was sealed with matched yellow pine. The windows were of good size, and most of the glass was whole, and there was a double floor. It was a tight, warm, and good-sized cottage, only of but one room. A fellow could camp in this very decently while the job was being done, Jack said, with growing enthusiasm. And wouldn't it be lovely in summer? sighed Pearl Mary. Oh, Billy, if we could only all live somewhere near here. In a house like this? shot in the crippled boy, looking at her askance. Oh, well, this is an awful-looking place, of course, said Pearl Mary standing in the doorway and overlooking the rubbish heaps and barren masonry of the burned buildings it should be called rack and ruin villa i think but in summer you know said billy quietly there is nothing good in this world that is not paid for first somebody pays every pleasure is at the cost of some pain and if you want to see the beauties of rack and ruin villa as you call it in summer it must be at the cost of hard work, some sacrifice, and possibly a vast amount of worriment. The girl turned on him with a sudden cry, and even Jack started forward, staring at his brother in amazement. "'What do you mean, Billy?' they both demanded, and in unison. Then Billy told them. Mr. Menden not only wanted the place cleared up, he wanted it watched and cared for. Who could do that so well as somebody living on the place?' Here was a house that could be made habitable, even for six people. Jack had his chest of carpenter's tools. There was some lumber at hand. Billy earnestly declared that he believed the tool house could be turned into a three-room cottage in a week. There was, in addition, a garden, an orchard, small fruits, fuel for the cutting, a run for poultry, if no house, many, many things, indeed, that by a little ingenuity and some labor could be made of practical use for whoever was willing to move upon the place. In fact, Billy's bottled-up enthusiasm ran over in a torrent, and its flood carried Jack and Pearl Mary with him, and swept away any doubts they might have had in a cooler moment. Besides, like Billy, they had spelled out the warning their unfortunate conditions rubbed for them. A change had to come. None other than this venture presented itself, and it was something which marched with their secret desires. They were young, and youth is daring. So they clasped hands on it, and it was agreed. Billy was to ask Mr. Menden for the job of caring for wreck and ruin, Villa. End of chapter 2